Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. You can dial in at 603-283-6160. And in the studio here tonight is Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's open phones every single night. 603-283-6160. There's a story that I've been teasing now for two days and we still haven't gotten to. So we're going to start the show with that tonight. And then later on, Aria, you're going to tell us about the perma-crisis. Well, that's what some people, <laughs> some, some, some lunatics out there are calling it. It's a new term. I, I have not heard this before. I mean, if it's a perma-crisis, it's not a crisis, right? I mean, is it? Because <laughs> right. if there's nothing you can do about it, you just have to live with it. Yeah, crisis is like, by definition, a temporary thing right yeah it's something out of the ordinary right it's it's something that has to be dealt with uh but the idea of a perma crisis totally fits like the status mantra oh, or the, does, the, yeah. the, the status belief because they always need to have a crisis to justify total statism and a total police state and lockdowns and crackdowns and so the more crises the better as far as the state is concerned so that's coming up here tonight uh plus something that you've got bonnie about People angry at elites and why it's apparently misplaced anger. We can talk about that on the way here. Uh, But we're going to start out with this opinion piece from Bloomberg's Teresa Gilarducci. Headline, inflation stings most if you earn less than (laughs) $300,000. Here's how to deal. So much money, too. It's like, I mean, I feel like that's not that's way above the average person, right? It's significantly yeah, above the average person's <laughs> right. rate of pay. Yeah, I think they generally consider $75,000 a year. This may be an old number, but you know, this is definitely prior to the insane levels of inflation in the last couple of years. But I think 75000 used to be considered wealthy. I know that's the cutoff for the stimulus checks, right? Like if you make more than $75,000 a year, you don't get the, stim- the more recent stimulus checks. Well, the median household income for 2020 was $67,000. And that's for a household. That's for the household. So, so you've, you've got, got two earners. Probably close to like 33000 34000 Yeah. And then, of course, the median means that half of the people make more and half the people make less. Yep. Than that amount. I remember thinking my friend's parents were really wealthy for like each making a hundred thousand dollars, like really wealthy. Like, yeah. well, they're going to be comfortable till they die. So, th- three hundred thousand dollars is just so much money. It's a lot of money for uh, for most people. But anyway, th- let's not focus on that. Uh, she's got some suggestions as to how to deal with inflation. Oh, and- these are bound to be good. Oh yeah. So here she goes. Just buy a bunch of gold. If. <laughs> If your income is more than $289,000 a year, the run-up in gas prices may be alarming, but it's unlikely to hammer your overall finances. After all, Americans at that level spend no more than 1% of their take-home pay on gas and oil, according to the Bureau of Labor Labor Statistics. For those earning much less, it's a different story. Those at the median, with income of about $50,000, spend more than 3% of it on gas and motor oil. Low-income households making between $7,000 and $19,000 spend about 9% of their income on gas and motor oil. The latest inflation numbers show gas prices jumped 6.6% in February from just one month earlier, even before Joe Biden banned U.S. imports of Russian oil. 
Economists say the overall share of income spent on gas is lower than it used to be. Despite the increases, prices are still relatively low by historical standards. That's true, but it offers little consolation these days for someone on the lower end of the income distribution who drives to work. And she's right about all that. It's definitely sure. true that the the less money you make, the larger a percentage of your resources are going to just keeping the gas in your tank and the lights on in your home and, you know, keeping mouths fed, right? Uh, That's not necessarily a problem, though. Well, it is a problem. It's just a truism. Yeah, well, it's a problem for those people because they have to deal with it. They have to overcome that. Well, so somehow. do the people who make, you know, $300,000 a year. Sure, but it doesn't affect them in the same way. If prices No, but it's still something they have to be dealt with. Well, but if prices at the grocery store for somebody making $300,000 double, they can still buy a steak. True. Uh, but somebody else might be eating ramen or something like that, or bean, canned beans. People don't eat ramen. It's basically just styrofoam. <laughs> I mean, your body treats it the way that it would treat styrofoam, more or less. You get no nutrients from it. Food prices are also up, posting their biggest monthly increase since April of 2020. And there, too, those making less than 19000 spend much more of their income, about 15%, compared with higher earners. Okay, who- see, that's not fair. People making less than $19,000 a year also receive a bunch of government benefits, like food stamps and housing assistance and assistance with their, with their electricity bill and stuff like that, and their cell phones that the average person does not get. Well, maybe they do. I mean, not everybody takes welfare. I don't think you can survive on $19,000 a year in the United States without taking the government welfare that comes with it. Yeah, it would be very difficult. Yeah, I really don't think so. I know some what if you're living that, at home with, Hold on. What if you're living at home with your parents? Okay. Okay. You could, but why do it at that point? You can, if you can still get the welfare money. Well, I know some people that live in government housing, but if they work any more hours, then they'll lose they'll it. cut them. So yeah. it's like disincentivizing them to make more oh, money. yeah. Uh, so that's, again, almost 15% of their income gets spent on food, whereas higher earners, total food spending is just 4% of their income. Households with income... See, of- I just don't think that's accurate. For these 0% of their income is getting spent on food because they're using you know food stamps and SNAP benefits and stuff like that to buy it. I guess you'd have to find out what percentage of people that make that amount of money are actually on welfare. I don't that's know. That's true. I, don't, I would not I jump don't know to the that conclusion the that it's, it's all of them. I mean... I would say that it's the vast majority of them. Hmm. Uh, households with income of about $50,000 spend 8.5% of it on food. The most recent barometer of consumer sentiment show the highest ever share of Americans expecting their finances to worsen in the coming year. About 54% of Americans believe their incomes will lag behind inflation in the year ahead, which is a pretty high percentage historically. And the other 60, uh, or sorry, the other uh, 46% are just not aware of what's going to happen to them. Those 54% are absolutely right. Their, their incomes are going to lag behind inflation because almost no job is going to give you monthly or quarterly pay raises to deal with the ever-increasing inflation out there. Yeah, in, inflation increased by like 10%, just going off the government's numbers from last month to this month or something along no, those lines. No, that's uh, 10%, I believe, from the a year prior. Okay. I believe is how they measure that. But almost no one made 10%. Uh, got a 10% raise. Raises are usually right. something more like 3% or something along those lines. And that's if you did a really good job. Exactly. Like a lot of these places, your your typical baseline wage increase is like 2% each year. 
So, going on, he's, uh, she says, I expect those most affected will adjust to inflation in the classic way by shifting away from relatively expensive items towards close substitutes. Here are some ideas on how to reconfigure consumption and lessen the blow. But again, adjustment is hard for people without savings or choices. First, you have to know your budget to control your budget. Budgeting takes effort, but it gives you power. And that power is even more important in inflationary times. Good advice so far, right? It's good to be aware of what you're spending money on. uh, Because if you don't pay attention to those sorts of things, then it's hard to really give it an accurate assessment of what your habits are. So teaching the average American how to budget would mm-hmm. be a much more useful life skill than diagramming sentences or whatever it is they teach in, in high school. school these days. I've never known how to budget. Like when I did because they don't teach it. I got paid weekly, so it was just like I I don't know. I felt like it was too difficult to I don't know. It does take some effort. I mean, I I can't say that I've ever I've always been good with saving. So you know, even when I was really young, I was I had no problem spending less than i was uh earning right so like if you can if you can do that you're generally that's the point of budgeting right some people have to actually sit down and do the numbers to figure it out but some people you know are just innately good at it but it just you know just if you're good with that then great if not what you need to do in my opinion is to pay attention to what you spend because it's easy to figure out what you earn right like if you're if you're at a job you just collect your pay stubs and you can see over the last month you brought in this amount of money if you have other ways that you earn like if you're selling something on eBay or you know turning tricks or whatever it is that you're doing uh, you know you have to you'd have to calculate that separately but if you just have a job you can just you know total that up and then every day you can pay attention whenever you spend money you write it down and then at the end of the week you calculate up all right what did you spend on coffee what did you spend at the grocery store what did you spend on gasoline in these different categories and then do it the next week and then do it at the end of the month there's more coming up it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind here. The number is 603-283-6160. On a lot of people's mind is living with inflation. Prices are going up. And remember, increasing prices is a symptom of inflation. A lot of the news media and the professors in college will tell you that the increase in prices is inflation. No, 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 no. Inflation is an increase in the money supply, and that's something that the government does. Well, blaming, calling inflation an increase in prices allows them to shift the blame, right? That's right. To the corporations. Oh, they yeah. just raised the prices because yeah, they're, they're just being greedy. greedy. Or it's a, it's a supply issue. Or, or it's Putin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, no, in, in, inflation is an increase in the money supply, and Correct. prices increase as a result of that. Yep. And so... Regardless of the reasons for it, people have to live with the reality of this. And it's, of course, worse now than it has ever been in my lifetime. Uh, Purportedly, the rates, if you go by the official rates, which you shouldn't because the official rates are highly manipulated, but you can at the very least say that the inflation rate is definitely no lower than what the official rate is. It's likely much higher than the official rate, but you know that is a floor for what at the very minimum uh, inflation is. And those rates are at their highest in 40 years, and some uh, the producer price index is at its highest in the measured history of the producer price index. 
So likely consumer price index is going to probably set a new record within the next couple of months if things keep going the way they are and there's no reason to expect that uh, they're not going to keep going the way they are no it's, the government's not going to slow down the printing presses right they have you know they, they say something to the effect of every every problem looks like a nail when the only tool you have is a hammer printing money is the only tool the government has well it's besides the, blowing people up and you know murdering them putting them in cages okay, that's true well that's but the only for economics, they have yeah. yeah for an economic tool that's the only one they have and it's a terrible one uh we'll talk about their plan to give a stipend out they may be giving out gas stipends now as the new stimulus checks uh, this we'll, is going to make the problem worse yes it will you're just going to stop getting tax refunds what's that you're just going to stop getting tax income refunds is that what you call it i guess income tax refunds is that what you call them you know, the things people get in February every year? Well, a lot of people call them refunds, but mm. more often than not, it's just free money for the average person. I mean, because mm. most people get back significantly more than they pay in. You're saying they're going to stop doing that? Well, because with the stimulus checks, all they do is you're, they're just fronting you for a tax income, an income tax thing. I think there was a mistake made somewhere. I, I okay. don't think that's going to be the case for so the vast majority of people. You brought up, you've just brought up something, Bonnie, that um, you told me about earlier today, and I wanted to verify before we talked about it on the air. But since you brought it up, you should go ahead and tell the story. Well, Let's clarify. This is this is basically rumor, unverified. I wouldn't call it a rumor. You know the person who's hmm. making the claim, so it's not hearsay. She's not telling you about someone else's experience she's hmm. telling you about your experience but her experience yeah uh, well, yeah her experience so this has been the rumor since stimulus checks came out was people would say oh they're just going to make you pay it back during tax season it's not actually free money everybody thought it was free money but no it's not going to be free money and this lady i know said that when she went to do her taxes i don't know if she used something where she could see the amount that she was expecting to get back like TurboTax does that, so but I don't know if she's that or like a third-party service. I don't know, but she's expecting some amount of money back from filing her taxes. Mm-hmm. And then she got a letter in the mail saying, "No, we're rejecting that. That's your um, analysis of your monetary situation was incorrect because you received the 2020 and 2021 stimulus checks. We owe you nothing, and you owe us nothing." Which is such just such a weird way to put it. From I, I just think that's something about that is Does so weird. Does the person in question have children? No. Okay, because I know that is an issue. You know, the whole uh, the monthly the monthly yeah. paychecks that people were getting from the government that is just being fronted out of their tax refund. Correct. Yep. We had heard about that. I think it was Angie who was our co-host at the time. She's yeah, got she said kids. On there that she was getting. Right, and, and so we looked into that, and that was true about that. We know that's a fact. The $300 a month is a front on the child-earned income tax credit or whatever the hell right. they call it that parents get, at usually at tax time. So they were just essentially taking the full amount of whatever that was, and they are spread $3,600 or something, and they're stretching it out over the full year, delivering it in $300 increments. So given that they're willing to do that to, to the parents, it wouldn't surprise me if what uh, Bonnie is saying here is a true story, and I, there's no reason to disbelieve this lady. I'm not. I My experience has been different, though. Okay, right. I, I do use so TurboTax, far. which you know gives you a live update of what you're going to get back, and. Mine didn't change. It didn't go down when I was like, yes, I did receive the stimulus 
check for the whichever one it was. But when? Did but you if you file haven't it? received the money like yet, two or three days ago, then it still might happen to you. Like you might receive a letter in the mail that says this is being rejected because you received the stimulus checks. We owe you nothing, and you owe us nothing. But then it would be the same as what happened. To her. It could. But I, don't but know I, I tend to think the person in question, if they were, especially if they were doing their own taxes, they probably just made a mistake. Oh, I don't know mm. if they did their own taxes. Or use TurboTax or well, use Turbo a third Tax party. Is doing your own taxes. Or, or did a third party thing. I, I don't know. I was just like stipulating because she knew the amount that she thought she'd get. Right. So if they told her that she was going to get a refund. And this is not a lady that makes a whole bunch of money and should owe at, by, like, by any means. And then the IRS sends her a letter later on saying, no, you don't get the refund you were expecting. Have a nice day. Uh, then that suggests that if she was using one of these programs that maybe they didn't know, right? Like maybe the TurboTax people didn't realize that the government was going to screw people, you know, like this. And could it, it could be a surprise. Now, the, somebody, another question is, when did she file? Do you have any idea? No. Okay. And another person I know, I he didn't say, I used TurboTax, but it sounded like it because mm-hmm. I used to use TurboTax and this is what it sounded like it used to do. Um, he said as he was putting it in, they asked him the question, did you receive these stimulus checks? And when he put yes, it just dropped the amount he was getting down by like hundreds of dollars. But you're saying that didn't happen to you? No. Hmm. I don't know. And, what- you know, I work with a lot of people who, you know, they just get a W-2, they file their taxes, they, mm-hmm. they quote, get back some money each year. And right. I haven't heard anything from anyone outside of libertarian circles about not receiving their refund because of stimulus. And Yeah, hmm. I couldn't find anything. I was one on- of the last ones to file my taxes in the circle of non-libertarians. I looked online when Bonnie told me about this because I thought, well, if somebody, if she's received this letter, then presumably someone else has received yeah. the same letter. So there must be an article or Maybe some sort of Maybe they're doing it to people they think won't fight back like, well there's no way you can fight it right like how should you fight arrest man yeah i mean you unless you're going to hire an attorney exactly that's what i'm saying which people is going to cost you thousands that. of dollars it's just people are just going to say damned irs and they're going to have to move on with their lives and the irs knows that that's screwed uh, up so i wouldn't num- put it past the government it no. just hasn't been my experience so yeah far. it's not a surprise to me to hear this but that's why i said i just wanted to verify it before we talked about it um but it maybe maybe somebody else out there has had this happen to them and uh, you can call and share with uh, your experience with us the number 603-283-6160 then we'll get back into the story here about some of this what i'm calling statist advice as to how to deal with inflation. We haven't really even gotten into the meat of this. She brought up making a budget, which is a good idea. But she's got some specific suggestions coming up here in moments from Bloomberg. And you can share your thoughts with us here. This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Talk live. Phones open. If you want to join the show, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. Talking about inflation, talking about the economy, and we're going to get into some suggestions here from Bloomberg. 
Written by some professor, so you know it's going to be statist. And out of touch with the average person. Absolutely. So we'll get into that coming up here with you tonight, by the way. It is Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. Don't forget, if you're interested in learning about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, cryptocurrency, get on over to Bitcoin.com and you can get started. Just click Get Started at the top of the page. It'll give you some introductory videos that you can spend a little bit of time watching. The first one, I think, is all of about three minutes long. And you get down some of the most important basics about cryptocurrency. And it is important to learn some of these things uh, to get some of the new concepts down when it comes to decentralization and blockchain technology. It's not a huge learning curve, but there is a little bit one uh, of one. You can go to Bitcoin.com and start that process by clicking Get Started at the top of the page. Now, if you're not new to cryptocurrency and you want to get the latest headlines, they've got those for you over at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. First up, Joe is in Michigan. Uh, Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, the actual uh, inflation rate's probably closer to 16% than what they're saying. Sounds believable. Um, yeah, that that's at least what my, my tax guy said. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. He said they, uh, I guess they changed how they calculate it. You know, I don't know a few years ago how they calculate inflation. Yeah, they're always manipulating it, like excluding certain categories. Like, uh, oh, we don't need to calculate the amount of um, inflation for food products. I think food's in there, but real estate, I think, is not. Isn't, like, certain type of food not in there? I always forget all the details. It's like milk isn't in there. I think energy is not included. They had a, I saw a, I can't remember the channel on YouTube, um, a uh, documentary channel. He was <clears throat> a few weeks ago. I watched it. He was out in San Francisco or someplace, and there were cars parked up, just lined up. And the guy asked, "Well, what's this? You know, what's what's going on here?" These were the working homeless. These are people who they got full time jobs, but they can't afford rent, so they're oh, living out of their car. And uh, I think we're heading to a depression. And uh, I don't believe anything these politicians say about anything. I think we're going to see more and more people. You're going to have to be doubling up moving back with your mom and dad oh yeah you know all this stuff because i mean look at any city man it's not just the big cities anymore any even in the midwest or rust belt or any place man you look at just apartments and stuff and housing and everything not you know we were just talking about this last night joe there was a report on 60 minutes recently where they interviewed some people in the you know real estate and housing world rental renters and and uh, and landlords and they said that in some cities like austin jacksonville and others rents have gone up on an average of 30 to 40 percent from last year yeah and they're they're projecting uh the bottom's getting ready to fall out of the real estate market. They said it's going to, uh, values are going to drop like 25%. Well, that would be wonderful year. for people that are actually trying to buy a house for the first time because there are people yeah. who are completely priced out of the marketplace. Yeah, and- prices would still be way up if they went down 25%. Well, if you're a young person, man, if you can afford to buy, I guess you should, it's still better than renting because you got, you know, you know, it's, it's, equity and all that stuff i don't know um, i just met somebody the other day that bought a house in 2007 and it took him like a decade to finally sell it and he still just took a loss off of it just moved to new hampshire and that mm. that was what kept him from moving to new hampshire the whole time because he bought a house in 2007 and obviously 2008 was the market 
crash. So it sounds like a bad idea. To yeah, I took a big bath uh, on the house that I I'd purchased down in Florida before I moved here. Uh, it I'd bought it in 2004 and then ended up losing. I put in a lot of money into repairing and upgrading it. I ended up losing a lot of money on that selling it. That's unfortunate because uh, the market started to uh, to crash. You know. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. We got a bunch of morons running our country, and, uh, you know, they want to run the world with the Great Reset and all this stuff. And these people can, I mean, (laughs) it's like common sense has left, you know, has left. It's gone. You know, let's micromanage everything. Let's just keep printing money like it's monopoly money you can count on that they're definitely going to keep printing that money it isn't even like monopoly money anymore have you looked at it 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 is monopoly money yeah they changed the colors to monopoly money our fives are pink Mm. yeah our 100s are i I don't know the colors yeah they're definitely blue the tens are yellow yeah, they literally, it's, they're really throwing it in your face. Yeah, they are. What they doing. are blatantly yeah. doing it. Joe, thanks for well, the call. They, uh, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Have a good one. Oh, I was going to say, if they do that digital currency they're talking about, yeah. they'll be able to control everything, man. Yes. That's ball game right there. That's what they want to do. They haven't announced it officially yet, but they keep on researching it, and they're putting money into investigating it, and it's just like, it's only a matter of time, I think, before they announce that that's going to be a move. You know that they're going to make. All right, thanks, Joe. Appreciate hearing from you. I don't know that the U.S. government will live long enough to do that. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, let's go to Brian in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ian and Mario and Bonnie. Hey, what's hey, on your mind, great Brian? Period. It's great being on here. Thanks. Been with us since the summer of 2011. Wow. All right. What's on your mind tonight? There was a couple points I was wanting to make. Uh, like what Mario was saying. Uh, about the food stamps, that if people get food stamps, then they're automatically going to have enough money to get food for the month. That's not really the case, especially if you don't have kids like me. And I've been lucky at times to get food stamps, but I've only got like 100 to $200. And, and heck, at the recent stop at a grocery store, just getting a few things, that's like $150, and that barely got us through one week. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do so, I do feel you on that one. I don't go grocery shopping often, but when I do, it's usually like $150 to $200 worth of food, and it's just not a whole lot. It's not what it used to be. I don't know no, what it used not. to be. You used to be able to fill up a whole grocery cart for $200. Yeah, you're oh, not yeah. doing that now. No. Definitely. Like, I really think that the only couple things that could have really fixed this is, one, having foresight that 2020, and I was always like in your past vision if we could pop in the time machine and all get it on bitcoin when it was like pennies on the dollar <laughs> like, yeah. we're telling people back then to get now. into bitcoin don't we all wish uh that we did that and i think bitcoin could still fix for... this i'm sorry i think bitcoin could still fix this because you can still buy crypto for you can still buy it for way cheaper than each bitcoin is worth you can buy pieces of a bitcoin and i still no, think bitcoin true. can uh fix this I don't think it's going to fix anything, but Bitcoin can be a way out for people to take value that they've earned in fiat money and put it into something else. Yeah, fix their value getting stolen from yeah, them. But it ain't going to fix inflation. That's going to keep on uh, going. But if you don't you have your money, it. yeah, if you don't have your money or your value in the fiat money, then inflation will not affect you in the same way. And I, I, I forget who posted this, but there was an image online of like an old car i don't know if it was like a chevrolet or whatever it was like one of those cars from the 50s or the the 60s and they had the price in dollars at the time 
and then the amount of silver that that it would have cost to purchase that car. And then they put like a current model Dodge or something, you know, something equivalent, like the equivalent. Oh, of what, I bet it's significantly more silver today. No, actually, it was less silver. So the $60,000 car today, so multiple times the amount in dollars was the price of, a, of this brand new car. The amount of silver was about the same or actually slightly less to buy that to buy that car. So silver has just stayed steady? Well, actually, it, said, it basically was showing that it would cost you less silver to buy a uh, brand new car, but it wasn't that much less. So yeah, pretty steady or silver has slightly kept you above uh, inflation. So, so silver okay. gold have historically kind of kept you up with inflation. Bitcoin in recent years has uh, gone much faster, much higher than than silver or or gold. Brian, did you have more you wanted to share? Uh, yes, I just had one more point that I mean, I've been listening way way, but I don't really remember anyone talking about this. It's really, the only way to fix what's going on right now would be like an economic freeze. I want you to tell me more about that because I've never heard that concept, an economic freeze. I want to I want to hear more from Brian, so hopefully he can stay with us to explain that. Uh, there's more on the way here at 603-283-6160. You can share your thoughts with us on Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want to discuss. Ian, Bonnie, and Aria in the studio with you. I want to say thank you to Michael, and I don't know how you pronounce his last name, Imao, I-A-M-A-I-O. Thank you, Michael, for, uh, for being a platinum-level supporter. And that means that Michael is contributing at least $25 a month to the AMPS program via Patreon. And it's super easy to do that. You just head over to amps.freetalklive.com. They'll take you right to our Patreon. You can sign up with your PayPal, with your credit card or debit card, and we appreciate it. It helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live to help us get the message of freedom and liberty on more great radio stations around the country. And you get some cool perks. So thank you, Michael, for supporting the show and you can do that as well over at amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Brian in Missouri. Brian, you were talking about inflation and the you know the monetary situation out there, and you brought up this concept that I wanted to make sure you had a chance to explain. All you had a chance to say before we went to the break there was an economic freeze. What is that? Tell us more. Basically, from my understanding, I can't remember who coined that term. It's well, I've been a good 10 years ago or so, back when, like, Obama was in office, and a lot of the inflation was, you know, getting real bad under him, that basically, you know, the Fed can you know, fluctuate any time they want to on the value of stuff like like way that's going on now again with, with the gas prices and the food prices and everything else. However, they can also, if they wanted to, that because we're coming out of a pandemic and everything else is going on, you know, they can be like, so for the next six months, year or two, or whatever they decide, that we're not going to add on any more inflation to where the market and everything else can balance back out to be able to actually help people go on their feet and everything. Oh, well, they'll never I've never seen that. them do that. Her wants, they don't even talk about wanting to do that because they think that 
adding more money into the well they don't think this i i don't think but they they claim that adding more money is helping the economy so well it encourages gonna... spending that's the whole core of keynesian economics right modern monetary theory is that you don't want people to hoard money you don't want them to have savings you want them to go out there and spend it and that puts money Stimulus. into the economy and it stimulates it and it gets people you know Spending it instead of hoarding it. Yeah, they don't want. They certainly don't want deflation, which would right. actually reward people for saving money because it would make the money actually worth more uh, over time. So they do the opposite. So what you're what you're proposing is basically something that is in no way, shape, or form ever going to be an option uh, for the for the Federal Reserve. It's there. That's just not the way that system is designed. Although you're right, in theory they could mm. uh, they could do that. They could also deflate the uh, the money supply if they really. Wanted to yeah, just start yanking some of it out and don't replace it. Yeah, but they're I mean, not they, gonna. They do. How that would all they the do time. that? Like take it from people, or how would they do that? They I, regularly destroy like old bills, right? Hmm. Yeah. So it would just be a matter of destroying old bills and not replacing them. Hmm. Yeah, they take in money all the time from banks on for like deposits or whatever. And I don't know how all that system works, but oh, maybe. We're helping deflate the money supply by putting those Bitcoin stickers on all our dollars that they like to throw away. I don't know what you're talking about, Bonnie. <laughs> I have certainly never defaced oh. any U.S. currency. <laughs> oh, me either. It's not defacing currency. There's actually a, a website. George, you know? <laughs> Brian, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. There's a website called Where's George? You ever seen uh, the Where's George yeah. bills going around? Yeah, yeah. They've been around for years. It's a cool, cool little site for listeners that don't know. Uh, every now and then you might come across a bill that says where's george and then you go to the website yeah or whatever it is yeah and then you go there and you type in the serial serial number of the bill and then it'll uh, it'll show you where that serial number has been entered by other people so you you know you enter in oh i'm in Keene, new hampshire or whatever and then so it'll show you oh well this bill was in you know uh somewhere missouri on in february and before that it was in california so it shows you kind of where these things get around to it's just kind of gross it's a very interesting little experiment. And anyway, it was on their- a joke anyway. I mean, I'm on camera stamping some of my yeah. bills with the Bitcoin.com. I've certainly thing. talked about that many a time. Uh, <laughs> I, d- over I didn't the years. know it was frowned upon. I don't think it is. No, it no, it's, it's just it's a joke. by the banks. Well, it depends on the bank. So um, some banks will actually send those to be taken out of circulation, but not all of them do. And I, I did don't know once what- have a bank put two and two together and say, you keep bringing in bills that are stamped with this. I was like, that's such a bizarre coincidence. <laughs> so I stopped taking them to that bank after that. Yeah, there was one bank that specifically told me that they will... Uh, like I, I brought a bunch of stamped bills in there and they, they told me that they are just taking these out of circulation. So I, I stopped stamping the bills that I was making deposits at banks with. But not all banks do that, from what I understand. I don't know what percentage of them do. But what I was going to tell you about Where's George is there's a frequently asked questions on the Where's George website. And they've had lawyers look at this question, right? Because that's like what they do, right? They encourage people to get a Where's George stamp, or wheresgeorge.com or whatever stamp and stamp bills. You can just write it. Well, it's the same thing. It's it, the same concern is is this defacing uh, currency? And so that's one of the questions on their frequently asked questions. And they say that no, it's not as long as you don't obscure the serial number. So as long as you don't mutilate the bill, like make it completely like if you stamp it enough and there's enough ink on it you can't tell if it's a one or a ten or a five or something that just would be, set it on fire at that point that's definitely a crime um, <laughs> so that is i don't know what they call that crime but it's it's like a felony to destroy a, a federal reserve what's note. worse burning a flag or burning 
a hundred dollar bill. Well, what's burning worse? a flag is legal. Oh, it's legal. It should be legal. It may not be legal in all jurisdictions, though. Okay. Depending on, I'm pretty tr- sure it's legal in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. It likely is. They may try to get you with some sort of a public burning violation. Not that you've burned the flag per mm-hmm. se, but that you've burned a thing in a public place without a permit or a fire permit or, or whatever. So, Man, it's kind of lame to burn it in your backyard in your fire pit with a burn permit, though. <laughs> it's never lame to burn a fire. To burn a flag, I mean, <laughs> ever. So, uh, so anyway, my point being that it's my understanding from the research that has been done by the folks over at Where's George is as long as you don't cover up the serial number and or mutilate the bill to the point of non-recognition, it is completely legal to to stamp a bill. Hmm. With that message. makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's count- countless people who are, you know, drawing on them and stuff like that. And yeah. Just verifying that a twenty dollar bill isn't fake requires you to deface the currency with one of those little those pens. Special, that, but they yeah. leave a permanent mark. They do. Yeah, that's true. All right. So uh, number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We've got more here. We we haven't even gotten into the tips yet, and that's what that's what my intention was here from the story at Bloomberg. Uh, the professor Teresa Gilarducci. She is writing a story here for people that are feeling the inflation and how to deal with it. She talks about budgeting, which is, of course, good advice. It's always a good idea to know what you're spending, to know how often you're spending. You know, if, you, if you're spending $5 a, uh, you know, a day on a cup of Starbucks coffee, that's going to add up. You, you can write down your budget and look at it later on and look at the end of the week or the end of the month and say, oh, well, I don't really need to buy Starbucks coffee every day. So you could cut that out, right? So there's certain yeah. things you may not really even be aware of that you're spending on. So budgeting's important. I'll agree with her on that one. She says, to deal with gas prices, it's worth reconsidering public transportation if it's an option where you live. Fares are up about 8% compared with 38% for gasoline. Now may even be the time to sell your car. She says it certainly isn't the time to buy it. You will own nothing and and you'll be happy. Just use the public car. So. The bus. She's she's taken a lot of flack for suggesting public transportation here. And for someone who is in a circumstance in which there is ample public transportation. So if you live in a city, having a car can actually be quite a burden. So, for instance, if I lived in New York City, which I never would because I can't stand cities. But if I lived in New York City, there's no way I would own a car. Well, New York City, yeah, but like even Austin, Texas, you can't live without a car. Okay. Well, maybe some people can. They'll like live on campus and just go to fast food or whatever they do, but I don't know. I mean, it depends on which part of the city. Like there are places in Memphis, Tennessee where you could easily live without a car. Right. Hmm. You wouldn't be able, you can't just like travel 50 miles to go see a rock concert on a whim or anything like that. But if you just want to buy groceries and, you know, pay your bills and all of that and go to your job, you can do all of that just walking or riding a bus i feel like you can't have a fun life and have to rely on somebody else's car i tend to agree with that i just living life to its fullest requires owning a vehicle Hmm. i tend to agree with you as well but bonnie we're talking about people who are going to be are are who have under three hundred thousand dollars well that's the article here but uh, but but for people who are very limited in their income the lack of, or the the fact that you are being brutalized by inflation is going to make life way less fun. Um, it's going to actually result in you being able to do much less as far as any kind of vacation or any kind of just running off to go do a concert or something like that because you're going to make it, it's going to be harder than ever to make ends meet. People are getting behind the ball. 
Uh, the cost of living is going up, and wages are not going to catch up with, uh, with inflation here. So we'll continue. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here if you want to join the show. Kicking off the second hour with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. That phone number for you if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're in the story here from Bloomberg. It's an opinion piece written by a professor. Teresa Gilarducci. She's a professor of economics. So you know that's you know she's bad news. Oh, I'm sure she knows exactly what the ordinary person is going through in these troubling times. At the average person, of course, meaning someone who makes less than three hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's what she says in this story here. And she is at oh yeah. The New School for Social Research in New York City. Is that N-U or N-E-W? N-E-W. Oh, okay. New I keep school. hearing this about New School and I'm like, it just sounds weird. These are hi- Is that like New Kids on the Block except they're leftists? Well, I suspect it's going to be highly left school and here's why. I mean, first of all, all colleges obviously for the most part are pretty lefty with the exception of a, a couple of them. I think Hinsdale College might be one of the few that isn't uh, a hard left college but i when i where i grew up in florida there was a school called new college and it was like known as being one of the most quote-unquote progressive colleges around uh and this one i'm sure is just as bad again they they even have it right in their title new school for social research i was Literally shocked a few weeks ago when we talked to somebody who was saying that he donates money to a conservative college. I was like, that exists? I really that was Hillsdale. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know that something like that existed. I, I assumed they were all, first of all, public, or yeah. at least Hills- partially Hillsdale public. Hillsdale doesn't take government money. Yeah, this one doesn't take government money. It sounds really cool, but... The only education thing that's actually like stunned me lately was seeing the, ri- the raffle of the school here in New Hampshire that is giving away a rifle and I think a pistol as part of a raffle to raise money. This must be a private school for... I, I feel fairly confident. It's a, it's a Catholic school. school. I, think oh, okay, it, cool. I think it's the Nightcat reps, who the his kid's school. Yeah, they seem right pretty on. super cool. They like independence and all that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Catholic church mm-hmm. uh, or the former church, I guess they got defrocked or something like that. 
I think he was telling us about that the other day. The you're talking about Matt Santanastaso, yeah. the the state rep who was one of the co-sponsors of the independence uh, legislation here. He went to this. He doesn't even go to church. He's an atheist apparently, but he caught wind that these guys were you know pretty freedom friendly. He sent his daughter there to go to their school, and and then they did a, a the brother because he says they can't have priests because the Catholic Church has like whatever they call it they've. I don't know what they the word is. The DC. They've kicked them out. Basically, the Catholic Church kicked these people. Well, that's out. fine. The Catholic Church is full of crap anyway. Yeah. 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 So uh, these so people they, sound way better. Yeah. So they can't have a priest, but the the brother who was there giving a sermon was very pro independence, very nice. pro pro secession, and apparently the crowd of people that was watching was also into it. So very very interesting. Um, I wish I knew, knew what the name of the Might church be time was. Time for me to go to church again. Uh, this one's located in Richmond, New Hampshire, but I don't remember what. Offhand. I assumed it was the church right there by the school. Which school? The school that we're referring to. Oh, I don't know. I think the I think the church is the school and is the I think they have like a school on the campus or something like that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So back to the story here from Bloomberg. She's talking about what to do. To deal with inflation. She talks about that uh, gas prices obviously are up and suggests, well, maybe it's time to sell your car and take public transportation. Now, I mean, if, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if you live in a place where public transportation is fairly ubiquitous, then it could certainly be a cost savings. Um, what but, if you get felt up every time you ride the bus like Sarah? There's a real downside to public transportation. <laughs> she uh, called it to complain about that one day. I remember. Drug addicts, uh, lunatics. S- smoking in her you know, vicinity. It's There's some ugly you know, situations that can arise in public transportation. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's that. the downfall of being in the public. If you don't want to deal with that, then get yeah. your own car. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to deal with that. So let's go on here. Uh, It certainly isn't the time, she says, to buy a new or used car. Prices have stabilized a bit, but used car prices are still up more than 40% from a year ago, and new ones are up 12%. When it comes and to- that's curious too, because I haven't seen any explanation for that. Like I haven't seen, or not one that really resonates with me as an explanation of why used car. Like I understand why property is up, right? Like real estate. Yeah, but. Used cars are deflationary, right? So I, I'm also on the same boat as you. I'm just like, why is my old car suddenly probably worth way more than yeah, when I got it? I could probably sell my Eclipse now for maybe twice what I paid for That's it. That's amazing. Um, I've heard, now I've not looked into this deeply, but I, and maybe if you're maybe not twice. if you're a car person or whatever, and you know for sure like the reasons for this, feel free to give us a call. But what I heard was, was that they're having a problem manufacturing new cars. Hmm. Because of the plant shutdowns and supply chain issues, they can't get the chips or whatever that they use. They can't they get use. the metals. Whatever it from is. From Russia. There's certain things that they can't easily get a hold of, and so therefore there's a delay on getting new cars. I've definitely heard that about electronics from Chris from thinkpenguin.com. So therefore, if there's a restriction of supply of new cars, that could result in someone who would otherwise be interested in buying a new car settling to buy a used car and that could increase the demand in the used car market i'm speculating i don't know if that's if that's the actual reason because generally you've got two different types of people right like there's the kind of person who's willing to buy a new car 
And then there's the kind of person like me, like I'm See, never going to You buy said a car. settle for buying a used car, and I'm like, no, I'm not being stupid. It's not settling. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to pay thirty yeah. grand for a brand new car that immediately loses you know fifteen percent of its value. Yeah, That's what's right. that word? It's not deflationary, like I said. What, what's the word? As soon as you get a car off the lot, it does what? Loses value. Yeah, but there's a word. I just devalue. Yeah, yeah there's a different what, word. Anyways, I don't know what that is, but um, the the point that. I was making it from the perspective of the person who would buy a new car, right? Because right? that's the kind of person who will not buy a used car if they like they love buying new cars. I don't know who these people are, but they must <laughs> exist, either. right? Like those people Mark, must. Yeah, Mark's government. probably one of them. Uh, they, they must exist because obviously someone has to buy a new car in order for there to be used cars. So thank you to everybody that buys new cars. Like if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be able to buy used cars. But that would explain why the used car sales are going up is because people just aren't buying new car new cars anymore. They just got sick of it. And they're like, no, I'll just buy a used one. I'm not going to pay 30 grand for one. I got smart. Yeah, but again, used cars are up even more like percentage wise. They're up dramatically by comparison to even the new cars. So I don't know if you know more about the car situation. Feel free to give us a call. Moving on. She says when it comes to food, don't be afraid to explore. Prices for animal-based food products will certainly increase. I mean, she's absolutely right. You can get bread made out of crickets now, <laughs> as I understand it. I mean, are you serious? Yeah. All you got to do, you, you just have to be willing to explore. Like this new world that we live in, you're going to be broke. You're not going to own anything. So go ahead and make peace with eating crickets. Everyone, no. everyone gonna... will be happier. You'll be happier. Look, you like crickets. Crickets, so much protein. <laughs> you like crickets. Um, this is just a puff piece for the same stuff that we've been talking about. How like. yeah. you're going to own no, nothing and you're going to be happy about it. You're going to eat bugs or whatever it was that Conan was talking with us about, you know, two months ago. But yeah, they are. They, is some little cricket powder to be used in the place of flour, maybe? Oh my God. I don't remember. One thing I've noticed that I've never seen before in my life, but I saw a whole bunch of it at Market Basket, is bread made out of potatoes. And I was like, is this a a new thing? Is no, this a, I don't think that's new. I've never seen it before. And then we suddenly saw a whole bunch of it in the regular bread section. It's not I new? I don't think that's new. It made me think maybe we have a shortage of wheat and now people are making potato bread, but I've never seen that before. So she goes on. She says meat prices have increased about 14% from February of 2021 and will go up even more. Though your palate may not be used to it, tasty meat substitutes include vegetables, which she says prices are up a little over 4%. I wouldn't even call vegetables a meat substitute. I, I just actually, like vegetables. You know? You're absolutely right. I <laughs> ate one of these Impossible Burgers finally, like, yeah. like two years late. It's not at all. Uh, maybe maybe this one it? was old from Burger King. Okay. Hmm. Maybe this one was old or something. It had been sitting there for a while, but it was nothing at all like an actual burger patty. Don't As they, a kid, my mom would eat uh, Boca burgers. Just not. She wasn't a vegetarian. Yeah. She just liked them, and they were so gross. All right. Well, let's talk about that because don't doesn't Burger King um, cook them on the spot? Yeah. Well, in theory. Okay. Yeah, because they shouldn't be just leaving. Well, this Burger King, I think, is gross every time I've been there. Uh, There's more coming up here. It's 603-283-6160. You can join us and we're going to put on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us at 603-283-6160. Maybe you've got some advice here to... You know, how are you handling the increases in prices that come along with inflation, which for listeners that are new to the show, 
the actual definition of inflation, the real definition is an increase in the money supply. And that is what the Federal Reserve and the federal government are doing to us and to, you know, the federal uh, fiat currency issuers and all the other countries are doing to them. It's not just happening here. It's happening all over the place. So what do you do about that? How are you changing your lifestyle? What are you adjusting? Are you, have you tweaked your spending habits? Feel free to give us a call. Share your thoughts with us. We're sharing an article from somebody who's obviously got a leftist uh, perspective, a statist perspective here. But that said, maybe there's some good ideas in here. We'll, we'll continue to dissect it. With you tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. Uh, yes. I haven't heard any terrible ideas from this person. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good good advice, right? You know, expand your palate instead of eating, you know, beef every night. You might try some vegetables. Try a salad. You know, that's generally good advice. If you find that gasoline is too expensive, sell your car, take a bus. It's generally it's not for me, mm-hmm. but I can see why for someone it could be considered good advice. It's just the whole of it is alarming because it's all d- directed toward eat bugs. Oh, nothing. <laughs> it steps in that direction. She hasn't come right out and said that at this point. But. I mean, I'm sure. I'm going to speculate at some point in this article. <laughs> she is going to say, instead of splurging on these concert tickets, just go see it online in the metaverse. Oh, God. Oh, I'm making right. that prediction out there. Somewhere in this article, an attempt to plug the metaverse instead of doing that thing in real life. If it's, it's not in this article, it's coming. It's right? just that... I don't think anything she said is bad as in like, oh, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. It's just that they're not comparable. Owning your own car is nothing like having to rely on the bus, the public transport. It's just nothing the same. And telling people like, oh, it's fine. It's fine that the government's making you have to do this is messed up, in my opinion. We're going to continue here. Uh, First, though, Bradley is on the line calling us from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Bradley. Hi, you guys were talking about um, colleges and their political affiliations earlier, so I figured I'd uh, provide some information about some libertarian schools. Are there such things? Yeah, I know uh, two or three. So, you know, one of them is, like you mentioned, it's uh, Hillsdale College. I've heard Hillsdale's more conservative. I've heard of Praxis. Isn't that online? Um, I don't know about Praxis. That sounds kind of familiar, but um, Hillsdale is definitely conservative-leaning. I don't know if I would say they're exactly libertarian, but yeah. I did see some uh, some principled Austrian economics stuff coming. Yeah, I that. think you're likely to get better economics classes at a college like Hillsdale, but I've always – everything I've ever heard about Hillsdale, it's a conservative-leaning college that is more friendly, I think, to a libertarian viewpoint. You probably won't feel as uh, put out – in a in a place like that, but I I don't know if it's as bad as like a religious school as far as conservatism though. So it's probably not like you know uh, the Jerry Falwell school. It's probably not that bad, but that's just me speculating based on some of the people I've met who had some experience with Hillsdale. We I think Bonnie, you mentioned this on the air. We had a a gentleman we met at one of the parties uh, before Liberty Forum who is uh, was a teacher I guess there or might still be a, a teacher there and he seemed pretty libertarian oh Robert Murphy went to Hillsdale that's where I've heard it uh, and he's a Austrian he's economic. pretty freedom loving yeah for sure what else Bradley but now um my school that I go to it's Northwood University and it's also in Michigan um I'd say they're probably definitely libertarian um, well, probably definitely is a strong recommendation <laughs> do they take public yeah. funds um, I well, they're a private school. I don't know 
uh, if they take public funds or not. But mm-hmm. I do know that they have a close relationship with uh, libertarian organizations like uh, Cato and wow. um, the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, which is in that city. And what are they called? North what? Northwood University. Northwood. Okay. And they te- they teach libertarian stuff. Like I, like I said, I'm a student there, and you know, like our philosophy class was a the, the philosophy is libertarian philosophy. Hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. Glad to hear the it. The economics is Austrian economics, and uh, in April they actually have a uh, webinar uh, called the Freedom Seminar, and I definitely recommend for people to check that out. Excellent. I mean, right. if we're gonna have you know conservative schools and liberal schools, then I guess I'm relatively happy that we have libertarian schools but i'd rather us just have schools that teach all of these ideas and maybe not all of these ideas but instead of making it like oh well i'm a libertarian so i need to go to a libertarian school how about we just have the school that teaches what is correct you know it's really weird i've always thought it was when i first found out about austrian economics i was like well isn't one obviously right austrian economics and keynesianism is wrong and why haven't people figured that out and just kicked them out of the other colleges. I, I, it was just such a strange realization to me that the wrong one is the one that has taken over colleges. Well, it's that one makes sense, though, because that one is the one that gives intellectuals like economists and philosophers. It gives them jobs, right? Hmm. The market has no need for an economist like this person. No one's going to hire this person. They're not an accountant. They're just someone who sits around pontificating about <laughs> complicated economic matters no one no one needs anyone to calculate inflation if there's no central planning right yeah mm. so the entire apparatus is built to give these intellectuals employment and in an austrian in a free market no one would want to hire them no one almost no one would be mm. willing to pay karl marx to sit around pondering you know social ideas and socialism and communism as he did in a free market because our lives would be too good <laughs> Well, and also the government's college system is exists essentially off of statism. I mean, they're yeah. they're funded through statism. They're funded through the state and taxpayers. Now, this college that you're in, Bradley uh, Northwood University, it describes itself as you said as a private college. So that kind of wording makes me think that they may not actually take uh, government money, but I don't know for sure. Um, so, you know, the, those colleges that do though, right? Like pretty much every public, all public universities, which is the big ones, right? And even not the universities, but like Keene State College where we are. So state college. So it has got the word state in it, right? So it's government funded, even though they take money from their students, they also take a bunch of money from the state. And so obviously if you're getting paid by the state, you have an interest in propping up the state. And so Keynesianism certainly does that. Yes, it does. Bradley, anything uh, else? Go ahead. One more, yeah, sorry. There's one more um, college. I don't know. It is a public college, and I'm not sure how libertarian it is, but uh, George Mason University has something called the Mercatus Center, which is, mm. you know, a libertarian thing. So, where is uh, that? Check that out, too. Isn't that DC? What yeah. did you say the center was called? Mercatus. Mer- Mercatus. How is that a libertarian thing? I've never heard of it. I've heard of um, it. Um, they're like a I don't know what they would be called like a think tank or a research. Center. Yeah, they okay. did know, the but... uh, the Freedom in the Fifty States study before Cato took over the Freedom in the Fifty States. Okay, uh, Jason Sorens, who's the founder of the Free State Project, was working for the Mercatus Center when that happened. 
So I know that they were involved in that in the early years of nice. that Freedom okay. of 50 State study. Bradley, uh, thanks for the call tonight, man. Definitely appreciate the clue and the uh, the hints there for people that might still, for people that actually want to go to college, which uh, <laughs> well, actually I sounds fun it. if it's not all status propaganda. College always sounded fun to me until I realized it was all status propaganda, and apparently you have to live in Michigan to go to some good ones, and Michigan's really cold. Yeah, college still didn't sound like fun to me, but for those that the are interested, did. Yeah, you can party without college, though. <laughs> uh, there's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join the show here. It's Ian, Aria, and Bonnie in the studio tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. And join our social media website at social.freetalklive.com. It is a Mastodon system that means it operates like Twitter, but without the evil megacorporation. And unlike Trump, we actually use ours. Yeah, that's right. I just posted to my profile today. Uh, You can go to social.freetalklive.com and you can see that there. Follow whichever hosts that you want and whichever other listeners that you want uh, because it's an open source platform. Uh, It is uh, Mastodon, which means that it is federated. So as long as other Mastodons haven't defederated or disfederated, uh, themselves from us then you should be able to to follow us from other mastodons and vice versa you can follow other people on other mastodons from our platform if you've got an account with us it's a pretty cool system that's really cool we did test it last night by the way since we were talking about trump's truth social so-called website that he launched a month ago and has only posted one time uh in the first month of his entire website's existence uh that site is using mastodon but they must have disfederated it from all the other ones because uh-huh. I could not follow Trump's profile on his Truth Social. Maybe he just has you blocked. Mastodon. Well, <laughs> I thought all of this was set up in a way that you had to sort of request federation. No. Like, I thought we had to work it out with the people at Liberdon no. to get our service to sort of. No, the way that um, I understand this, Aria, is so Liberdon, as you mentioned, is another libertarian Mastodon server. It was the first one, the one that, that kind of became the first libertarian Mastodon. And our server... I think social, I still have an account there. Social.freetalklive.com is uh, the second one. What you can actually do with Mastodon is you can actually take your account on Liberdon if you want to, and you can cl- 
not close it fully, but you can kind of redirect it to your existing account, your preferred account. There's a way to, to set that so up. So is Liberdon still open? Yeah, they're still and they're still there. Are they federated with ours? So as I understand it, the way Mastodon works is you are automatically federated with the entire what they call Fediverse. But have they blocked us? To my knowledge, I don't. I don't, I don't see why Liberdon would ever block us. I think <laughs> she was asking about other sites, but no. Oh. To my, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can know which sites are disfederated. I don't know how all that all the technicals work there. But as I understand it, if you know the address of a person on another Mastodon server, you can put that into our server, and it'll it'll connect you over there. Unless there's some sort of blockage. And with the Truth Truth Social site, there's definitely a blockage. There's no, from what I can tell, you cannot subscribe to somebody on truth social from outside of truth social which is really stupid of them yeah uh to, it is, to but there's no one there i want to subscribe to anyway i would have followed trump just to follow the entertainment for just for the entertainment value but there's no entertainment value because he's not posting to his uh, to his account so anyway you can you can check our site out it's over at social.freetalklive.com let's go to steven he's in georgia and then we got more uh supposed tips here from bloomberg about dealing with inflation we'll get back into those steven go ahead are you Steven, you are on hey, the phone. What's up? <laughs> I have I have an idiot coworker who hates he's uh, he hates libertarians because we want to own guns and smoke weed, uh, but whatever. Um, hey, Nikki, first of all, the the word the word that uh, you were looking for Who's Nikki? is uh, depreciate. Depreciate. Thank you. I'm not Nikki. I'm Bonnie. Uh, okay. But Bonnie. Sorry. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I didn't Thank know you. if he was yelling at his employee, <laughs> the employee, yeah. or what. Okay. No. Stephen, what no, were you calling um, about? No, yeah. So the way to beat inflation is super simple. Hmm. One, stop holding money, right? If you get paid in U.S. dollars, immediately get rid of it, mm-hmm. right? The very moment that it comes in, uh, pay bills is real practical. Mm-hmm. Get gold is real practical. Um, but get re- turn it into something that, one, you need, and two is barterable or retransferable into U.S. currency. Like guns um, and weed. Guns, um, but more so right now, ammo. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's so not a I'm bad doing, uh, suggestion at all. Other things that can last a long time would include alcohol, uh, You know, something you can just store in a dry, dark place, and then yep. you could use someday for trading for, for things. Cigarettes to a lesser extent, because that can obviously yep. go bad, I think, over, you know, the, like the tobacco can get stale, right? Like, Yeah, know. but dude, yep. if someone ha- hasn't had a cigarette for a while, oh, and they'll pay big you time. have the cigarettes, yeah, yeah they're not going to, oh man, you... You've got Marlboros, but they're they're two years Too old. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll be that's a good point. They'll be chain smoking those things. Toilet paper. That's another one that you know everybody thought was really important two years ago, and they're they're going to think that's important again for sure uh, when shortages you know strike back. Of course, the problem with toilet paper is it takes up a lot of space. You won't be able to get probably as much for a roll of toilet paper as you would for a pack of cigarettes. Uh, I suspect. I'll go with cigarettes as we go. I like that. Mm. Those are the kinds of things that Aria would hoard too, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't smoke anymore, but well, that's good. I you don't want to smoke your supply. Right. 
So as long as you can hold the cigarettes without being tempted to smoke them, just Easily put them done. away. Then you can make a you can make bank. You know, later on down the line. I think alcohol is a safer bet, though. I I see alcoholics surviving the apocalypse much better than the than smokers. smokers. But I mean, these the smokers are, all... are going to get you know overrun by the zombies. They're going to run out of breath halfway down the street. <laughs> They're going to collapse. And these are all excellent suggestions so far, Stephen. What else do you have? Um, get your monthly bills down to zero. Um, so the way that I say to practically do that is to homestead. Mm. Um, learn how to garden. Um, I am currently buying what in Georgia is called an oversized shed, um, and I'm making it livable mm-hmm. um, because I don't want to pay rent anymore. Um, well, wait a minute. Where are you going to put the shed? What is the temperature there in Georgia right now? Uh, hey, Preston, what do you think it is? 50, 60 degrees, 65, 70? Yeah, because it, it gets, it it's gets like, hot during the summer. It's like 30 degrees here right now. Okay, but where I mean, are you going to put the You're not going to zero that out. You've got to have some heat. But wait, mm-hmm. where are you going to put the shed? I mean, you can put heat in these things or whatever, but you yeah. said you yeah, don't want to pay rent. you're not zeroing out your bills if you have to provide heat. Uh, obviously, but you, but he said you don't want to pay rent, but you're going to okay. buy a shed. Yeah. You have to set that somewhere. So where are you going to put it? Oh, I own two acres. Well, you're still going to be paying uh, to the, government. the government, right? Yeah, I've just never even heard of this concept of zeroing out your bills. That sounds impossible. It's a goal. I think the it's... trick to surviving inflation may be to be wealthy enough that you just don't need money. Well, I mean, obviously that helps, but the average person <laughs> yeah. can't just snap I mean, their fingers and do that. Make $400,000 a year. Yeah, all you have to do is like own own six or seven acres of land, <laughs> build your own house, and grow your own food. I mean, it's easy. Duh. Mommy and daddy Simple. gave me six acres of land. Why can't everyone be me? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not... You're being facetious. Obviously, that's, that's not within the reach. And I'm exaggerating of... what Stephen's position is, but I mean, you do have to acquire two acres of right. land before one can do any of these things. Where and and some places that's cheaper than others. I mean, if you're out in the middle of BF nowhere, then an acre of land isn't going to cost you much at all. But what did you pay for these uh, acres of land, and when did you get them? Um, I bought them. And I should have bought them years ago, but I bought them back in 2021 mm-hmm. December. So about Oof. three months ago, um, I paid cash money, um, and I paid like thirteen to an acre. Thirteen thousand two hundred dollars per acre. Yeah. Okay. And then, so the trick is to have I'm, just under thirty grand sitting around in cash. Do you have road frontage, or do you have to like hike for a while until you get to it? So in Georgia, it's illegal to sell land unless there's unless it's accessible. Via the road. Okay. Mm, um, and so I tried to buy some that was only accessible via the river, but I'm not preparing for inflation. I'm preparing for um, an economic collapse caused mm-hmm. by inflation. So. I think what you've given is generally pretty good advice, though, is try to get your bills down as low as possible. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. zero yeah. is uh, is pretty difficult to attain. And being self-sufficient is a great idea. I've just been, every day I think like, oh, I need to can something. And then I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm too late. I'm just going to die. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> You're not too late. Well, and I'll say this before I before y'all close me out. I'm not going for the most comfortable lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. I'm buying solar panels, but I'm not buying enough to run central AC. Right. Yeah. Well, on a tiny house, you probably aren't going to have. I don't know how many panels you need to, to run central AC, but on a little tiny home, uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to cut it. But certainly, solar panels are more efficient now than they've ever been. There's no doubt about that. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Good suggestions. If you've got some you want to share, join us here on Free Talk Live. 
Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. Uh, you got some advice for people that are dealing with inflation, which is almost everyone, with the exception of maybe Joel Valenzuela, who's a friend of the show. He's co-hosted with us a couple of times over the years. Uh, who actually lives, lives out there on the seacoast? Yeah, he lives yeah. on the seacoast, and he started, I think, in 2015 to get all his payments in cryptocurrency and spends only cryptocurrency to live his life, it's which is amazing. Uh, now, obviously, he can use some. There's certain cheats out there that make that possible, that make that easier than it sounds. Um, but but it'd be I think at some point we're going to have Joel back on the show to give us an update on what's going on in the world of Dash because there's some cool stuff that the I've Dash, nothing else we'll see him at Forkfest. Yeah, but I I, I don't think it's going to take that long. Uh, there's some some things that the folks over at Dash are working on right now, like a know your customer free meaning without know your customer uh, debit card. Ooh. Which is pretty cool. Isn't um, that the first of its kind? It would be, from what I can tell, the first of its kind. So it's in the beta stages right now, and uh, I know the captain has the app in question, and Bonnie, I think, does as well. So a couple of our hosts will be able to test this for us, because Aria, you and I can't uh, do things like crypto-related things. Regrettably. We also can't ask anyone to do crypto things on our behalf. So anyway, the the Dash thing is uh, is pretty. It's looking pretty cool. So we'll look, look forward to hearing from him, and we'll get an update from him on you know, what sort of tools he uses to live his life exclusively on crypto but they're out there because he's been doing it now for seven years or something like that so that's impressive pretty cool stuff uh let's go back to your calls and thoughts though sarah is in new mexico you're on free talk live sarah um yes uh there was a like about off the road vehicle was uh, found and only like nine tickets were issued and uh, they, what they do is they run around in bunches. There's about like ten off the road vehicles that drive together, and when they try to catch them, they all run off. So they're trying to little play little tricks with the police. And uh, the, I'm thinking, do you think by getting these off the road vehicles off the street is really going to help with traffic fatalities? You know, they act like they're really going to do something. Are we doing Are this off-road road vehicle thing again? Sarah, you don't even know what type of vehicle you're talking about, remember? We we went over this a few months ago. No, I know what kind of vehicle. I see them people driving around on the street. Uh, it's got no doors. It's mm-hmm. got metal frames. Well, like a Polaris has tires. no doors, yeah, right? she's talking about like an ATV. All-terrain vehicle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah off-the-road vehicle. But well, wait, what, you them- think they're going to ban these things? No, the people drive it on the regular street, and that's illegal. So not always. Like, there's a Polar- there's a type of Polarises that are not illegal to drive on the streets, and they look so weird. They don't even look like cars. They're, they look like rectangles. Yeah, so my whole point is, I mean, they really believe that by getting these off-the-road vehicles, they're really going to improve traffic safety. And, and as we have uh, noted, if you run a red light and... Um, at 50 miles an hour, if you, it doesn't matter if you're the off-the-road vehicle or a regular vehicle. I don't think those the... things can go 50 miles an hour. I, yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never driven one, so I can't say for sure. But I, I don't think that they have that that kind of speed. I could be wrong about that. Like yeah, generally, like a moped can't go above 35. Yeah, but they're but they're considered more dangerous when they hit people because they they don't have the right kind of a bumper or something like that. And I really don't think it 
makes much difference. You could use a regular vehicle, and if you went hit people over. Wow, correction. Apparently the most powerful ATVs can reach 80 miles an hour. I'm just kind of surprised, Sarah. I feel like your position on this has changed. If I recall correctly, initially you wanted these things banned because you thought that off-the-road vehicles being used on the road were making things deadlier for pedestrians. Am I understanding correctly that you're now saying it doesn't make a difference? Right. It it, it doesn't matter what vehicle you drive. It's your careless, reckless driving Driving, uh, driving under uh, drugs, or marijuana, or speeding, or just look. I've driven driving. while on pot before. You, I drove more slowly when I and more carefully when I was high. Well, she's not wrong to say that reckless driving is going to put people in danger. I mean, that's that's definitely a fact. Whether you're driving an ATV or whether you're driving a regular car or you've got a bus that you're in charge of, if you are drunk or something like that, that is going to increase the likelihood of sure. having a bad time and possibly hurting somebody. But look, Sarah, according to the uh, Albuquerque Police Department, ATVs are not actually legal in Albuquerque. So, uh, so apparently, you know, if if those things are on the streets, they are potentially able to be pulled over and then towed. Right, and they and they play a little game. They they run off. Um, so yeah, I'm just bringing up the. the you know, the well, that's a pretty risky really- game. I mean, running from the cops is going to catch you an extra, like uh, probably Especially a felony when you can't get over 80 miles an hour. This is true, but you can well, also probably go places baby. the cops can't. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know what? When you get caught here in Albuquerque, you might you might not even do three days in jail. I mean, they're so lenient with the crimes here. They just play little fun games like that. Uh, do you do understand that. that when you first get arrested, you usually only go to jail as long as you need to stay there to get bailed out? And then you have a trial. And then if you get convicted, you may go to jail for a longer period of time. Although odds are for an ATV violation, you're probably just going to have to deal with them impounding your ATV and a minor likely criminal charge. I, I doubt Well, probably not be... if you're running from the cops. It's probably if worse. you run from the cops, you're probably going to go to jail. Sarah, do you have a solution for this problem that is pedestrians being fatally hit by vehicles? Well, I'm just waiting for the self-driving cars. I think that's our only solution <laughs> because nobody wants any kind of... Nobody wants to be told uh, what they did wrong or nobody ever wants to be told... I mean, they don't want a ticket. They don't want any kind of citation. They want to do whatever they want with no consequences. Yeah. And this is the reality. So yeah, right. I can a- never see car or the Google Maps or anything like that ever being trustworthy enough that everyone can be riding um, drive. I mean, driver-free cars. I just can't see that ever happening. There in San Antonio, there's all these overpasses where you're on well, like double double-decker highway parts where mm-hmm. there's you put some highway on the ground right underneath the highway on top right. that's in the air. And it would always get confused and think I was on the top when I was on the bottom and so forth. And it would tell me, like, turn here. And I'd be oh. like, okay, if I turn there, I would die. So imagine in the fu- future, Google is driving everyone's cars. That'd be happening all the time. Be like, okay, we're going to turn now. I think that it's going to be a messy progress because of that. But I think that at some point, the auto driving will get so good that it will rarely screw up. Um, I don't know if that's going to be in the it's next five up. years or ten years or what, but see, I I disagree. I think we're going to have flying cars before we have any of that. Yeah, not flying with the cars would be government. better. Not well, with they're the already government. testing them out. They've been testing those things since the 1970s. The Mahler okay. Air uh, Skycar was invented in like 79 or something like that, and it never went anywhere. Because they don't want it to because that's way too much freedom. 
well, that may be their reason, but they're not going to tell you that publicly. The reason is it's dangerous. And so, you know, you got to have a thousand well, hour. Everything is dangerous. Right. But they're going to say you got to have a thousand hour pilot license in order to be able to drive one of these. It's not going to be like, you know, where you can just go and pass an easy driver test and then get your driver's license. Like, there shouldn't even be a test. Like, okay, you have a you have a car that you can fly. Okay. Well, then I guess you can drive well, a flying car. You know the government out. isn't going to just not allow there to be no test. That's well, not know, but the driving about to die. Test, the driving test doesn't do any good. No, it doesn't. Mm. But it does create a bureaucracy and it gives them the excuse to hand out cards and hire okay. bureaucrats. True. And the government isn't going to be around long enough for Google Maps to iron out all the problems that would kill people if cars were self-driving themselves. I hope you're right about that, Bonnie. And Google Maps is the best map, so that's why I keep referencing Yeah, them. I appreciate your optimism there, Bonnie. Um, I, I really hope the government goes away at some point. That would be absolutely fantastic. Sarah, thanks for the call tonight. The number here is 603-283-6160. You can join the show and bring up what you want. Now, the thing is, and I didn't get to ask Sarah this question, but I suspect that she would want to force people to purchase a self-driving car. Hmm. So even though while I believe the technology is going to get there at some point, it's getting close already, um, so I think it will be there at some point, I personally am not interested in it. I like the idea of driving. I enjoy the act of driving, even though I would, on one hand, I do value the idea of like having the extra hours that I would have for not having to drive, because I could then be more productive. Well, okay, then take a bus. It's just the same thing as saying Buses everybody needs to- don't go everywhere you need to go. Well, I feel like this is really not that different than telling everyone you need to just get on the bus, because it's just like, it's a freedom thing. I want to be able to, if I want to, just drive into the woods, not, right. or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't want to have to be forced to only drive on the roads. I don't want a computer car telling, telling me, where to me go. nope, you can't go that way. Yeah. We're I'm not with going you. I'm going to be Will Smith of iRobot all the way to the end. No, I'm not. I'm not my car is not driving me. I'm driving my car. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the idea of me being able to control those things. Like, yes. I, I don't like software uh, being in charge of whether I live or die. <laughs> Uh, That's such a weird position for a person to have. Imagine that. Right. The number is 603-283-6160. But it is going to be interesting to find out what most people think about self-driving cars. Are most people willing to give up the, uh, the freedom of being able to drive? More coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. Coming up, what is a permacrisis? Aria's got a story about that. Uh, you can, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. We've been talking about some suggestions from some government, pro-government uh, professor who write, uh, wrote an article over at Bloomberg. This got shared around quite a bit on social media because, well, a lot of people were making fun of it about what to do because of inflation, how to handle that, the uh, the continually increasing prices, some suggestions for that. We actually had some great suggestions from a caller uh, last hour. He talked about, you know, try to reduce your bills. That's a good suggestion. He said try to take them to zero, which obviously is a little difficult. I think zero is impossible. I've never even heard somebody say it. Just try to take your bills to zero. I yeah. really think that's impossible. I think even he had to admit that he'd still be paying property taxes on the property that he wanted to build his, his tiny home on. But certainly there are you, ways to... Even if you grow your own food, you're going to have to be watering the plants and 
buying the seeds in the soil and in the theory you could live on a piece of property that water runs through and then you could get some some level of free water uh from that so there are definitely some ways to reduce your bills yeah but, but i'm talking zero yeah getting to zero is a is a near impossible task and in fact the more you the closer you get to zero the more you're probably going to have to spend like on yeah like to have chickens things. you gotta feed your chickens then you'll get eggs. But well, chickens will eat just about anything, as I understand it, from what Conan has said. I mean, throw them some mm. rotting watermelons or whatever, and they're totally mm. happy. But you want your eggs to be nutritious. Like, you can feed them soy, but if they're eating soy, then you're eating soy. You want to feed them stuff like meat and good stuff, mm. which I thought was weird until I learned recently that chickens eat meat. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so we've got a few more suggestions here from this story. And, of course, you're welcome to weigh in at 603-283-6160. And let's jump back into this here. So she's talking about, again, uh, food prices are up. She makes suggestions as to using alternatives, suggesting people could use lentils or beans instead of eating uh, meat or vegetables, which she says vegetable prices are up a little over 4%, lentils and beans those prices are up 9%, and she compares that to meat prices, which have increased about 14% from February of last year. Having well, a bunch of dry beans is a good idea. And we already knew that Americans eat too much meat, or they eat a lot more meat than anyone else does. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. So it's not surprising that one of the first things that you know people suggest is, well, eat less meat. It's more expensive than everything else you're mm-hmm. eating, but Americans are never going to go for it. And beans are so good for you, and if you eat them like... Five times a day. I mean, I think it's three times a day. You have to get three servings of beans a day God. anyway. I mean, it's hard. When I had this That's app... That's a lot of beans, man. <laughs> I had this app called the Daily Dozen, which is like the dozen different things you can eat every day to get all the nutrition you need in in the whole day. And it's impossible for me to eat that much food. It's yeah. just so much. I don't eat three times a day, much less three orders of beans. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like a side of beans, you, but yeah. <laughs> you had mentioned, Aria, that you had tried the vegetable impossible burger yeah. at some point, and you weren't impressed. I was not impressed, no. I mean, it, it may have been that that one was old, but it, mm. it did not have the texture or the the substance to it that a meat product would have. It was close. Yeah, I had it in 2019. I had one of them... Not at Burger King. This was slightly before, maybe or right, maybe around the same time it came out at Burger King. I don't generally go to fast food at all. So it was when Mark and I were in Vegas for the Freedom Fest. So we were actually right. at one of those hotel um, restaurants. So the, one of the ones that was in the 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 casino, and they had the Impossible Burger on the on the menu. It costs like two dollars extra, and of course we're talking about a twenty six dollar burger, right? Because it's right. Vegas, and that defeats the uh, purpose automatically. It's two dollars extra more than meat, and it's made of vegetables. <laughs> right. Well, most of the time these things do cost more than meat when it comes to going out to to eat to get these things. Maybe eventually they'll become on par or whatever. But at least when- but see, that's because they're doing it wrong. Like the old Burger King veggie burger, it didn't taste anything like an mm. actual patty of meat. It mm. tasted like a veggie burger. It was actually really really good. It had really? its own unique distinct flavor and it was cheaper than your huh. average ordinary beef burger. But they got rid of it? Yeah. Uh. Mm. It wasn't supposed to be, hey, this is for this is meat for people who don't want to actually eat meat. Like, no, this is a veggie burger. Mm. That's, yeah, that's that's what it's for. That's what my mom used to eat. The Boca burger is just a veggie burger. I just thought it was gross in general. Like mm. it was just I, I can remember the smell and everything, but it yeah. wasn't pretending to be meat. 
So I uh, I remember reading about this thing and supposedly it's got like estrogen in it or something like that. I don't remember all the details. There's probably a lot of soy. That may that may very well be. I I just remember it being fine. You know, like it had yeah. all the it had all the usual burger stuff on it. So I didn't taste like a patty next to another patty. Then you might have been able to really kind of tell the difference. Uh, but with all the other you know tomato and lettuce and you know all that stuff on it seemed consistent enough to fit in or fill in that may be why burger kings doesn't work as well because they're i mean a whopper is going to taste the same no matter where in the united states you go to get it right Mm -hmm. it's not like local burger if local burger had an impossible impossible burger here in Keene, they could probably pull it off because there's so much uniqueness in each patty and each burger that they put together as it is Mm. but with burger king Every single product that they send through is supposed to taste like every single other product that they send through. A Whopper Jr. is always going to taste the same. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a local restaurant and pay $26 for a burger, you're going to get a tomato that tastes probably different than the tomato they sell at Burger King. The lettuce is going to taste different. It's all going to be fresher. So you're going to taste those things more. And in season or out of season. Mm. You're going to taste all of those flavors instead of just the... The Burger King version, where it's flame, flame broiled, whatever, with some, you know, mass produced vegetables done on top of it with some, right. with a dab of ketchup and mayo or whatever. And MSG. You think they add MSG? The Burger King? I think maybe all restaurants do. That's just what I assume. Hmm. I don't even know what MSG is. It's Monosodium glutamate? Yes, thank you. It's just Sounds like a, delicious. It's like a. It is. It's, you know, accent? <laughs> no. Oh, it's a seasoning people use a lot in the south that just put it on everything and it's msg okay msg is known for being a what they call a flavor enhancer Mm. it's not like salt it just gets your brain addicted to it you actually like if you just taste it it doesn't taste like salt it's weird I, i don't know it doesn't really taste like anything but it gets you literally addicted to it because it just when you eat it your brain just releases chemicals Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about how it works, but it's sort of noteworthy for being uh, found in a lot of Chinese food, for instance. Um, it's on almost every chip or whatever. Like if you've got Doritos or something like that, check the ingredients and you'll almost guaranteed find monosodium glutamate. It's on everything on the at the Moose Mart. Okay. That can't be true. It's not in candy. No, I meant like the food they make. Oh, really? Yeah. They, Chris, they add MSG Chris, there? Chris argues that... It's anti-Chinese propaganda that MSG is bad for you. And I kind of am getting convinced that he's right because uh, apparently that it was something that came out of China. That's just what I'm trying to remember from what Chris told me. And people started saying, oh, MSG gives you cancer. And it was actually all fake science. And really, Mm. MSG doesn't give you cancer. I don't know. Yeah, I'm skeptical of the negative claims towards MSG myself. Although that said, I don't think anything in excess is probably good for you. Yeah. So, you know, don't dump MSG on all of your foods. But that said, well, if that you, ruins my evening dinner plans. <laughs> that said, if you do have a bottle of Accent around or a shaker of, of Accent and you've got a particularly bland meal that you uh, ended up with for whatever reason, you can sprinkle a little bit of Accent on there and it might make it or taste a little better. Or just when you're cooking, when you... Throw some accent on stuff. People are just going to think you're a better cook than you really are and <laughs> impress your friends. I'm serious. Well, whatever it takes to impress people. <laughs> All right. The number here is They would be of- more impressed to just see me cooking, I think, <laughs> that even if it's not edible, they're like, yeah, but you cooked it. We've had your spaghetti. Yeah, I was going to say, really you made good. good spaghetti. 
thank you. And you made the meatballs. 603-283-6160. So she's got another suggestion here. And this one is... I'm going to take some issue with this one. She says, stay away from buying in bulk. Oh, that's that's the one I thought was so weird. I've never heard anybody give that as a suggestion for saving money. It's the opposite. Yeah. Now, there are some caveats here. And it's worth talking about this. Uh, so we'll get into it. You can share your thoughts. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. There's smarter ways to buy in bulk. And then there's not so smart ways to buy in bulk. Yeah, you don't need to buy 30 hammocks from Walmart or whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. You can share your thoughts with us here. Talk Live. Phones are open. If you want to join the show here, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. 603-283-6160. What kind of suggestions do you have for lowering your cost of living as prices are going up everywhere? What do you do to cut back? These are some of the ideas we've been throwing around here tonight. Um, Sparked off by an article that Definitely has a statist tinge to it coming from Bloomberg.com. Uh, and she gets into this one here. I uh, will give her credit here. Her name is Teresa Gilarducci. And this one is an interesting suggestion because I think it'll, it'll spark some good conversation, not because I agree with it. I only agree partially with this. She says, stay away from buying in bulk. And she goes on to say, you usually don't save any money by buying more. Well, that's obviously not true. Yeah, that's just not true. Like, there's this soap I buy for the shower, and I use it so much, like, I'm always going through it. So Mm -hmm. instead of buying one for $6 at CVS at a time, I buy a three-pack on Amazon for, like, $18. Right. No. Wait, no, it's less than that. (laughs) It's less than that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Unless the argument is that, you know, having an excess of these things causes a person to use more of it. Like having an entire room full of toilet paper causes a person to use up an extra roll each week because they're just more frivolously using it. I don't Mm. I don't see what the argument here or it's buying dumb things in bulk. Like I'm reminded of the episode Mm -hmm. of Futurama where Zoidberg finally became a quote crafty consumer. So he went out and he bought like 14 copies of a CD saying I'm buying in bulk. (laughs) I'm so smart now, but it's like, dude, you bought 14 and that's the joke, right? He bought 14 copies of a CD. It's, not going to do him any good. It's not like buying 14 rolls of toilet paper or 14 right. packs of toilet paper or 14 cases of bottled water or anything like that. I think yours are like seven or eight bucks at the at the local store. They're really you, expensive at CVS yeah. at least. I and mean, then I could you go get them for like 15 or, or something if you get the three pack or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember um, off the top of my head. So going on, she says, sure, there may be great deals, but most consumers wind up falling for the tricks that entice them to spend more. Things like offering free samples, which often leads to impulse buying, or placing discounted big-ticket items near the entrance. If you absolutely must buy in bulk, try to do it with a friend so you can split some of the costs and ensure everything gets eaten or used. Most of that paragraph 
doesn't really have to do with buying in bulk. I've never seen free samples on bulk products. That's gener- generally not something that happens very often. I can't remember the last time I saw a free sample. Yeah, I mean, well, that is also something that seems to have gone away in recent years as far as... At least during COVID, if not yeah. just in general before then. Yeah, I hope it, I, it'd be nice to see that come back because it was always fun to, you know, get free samples when you're at the grocery store. Yeah, whatever, but, I, but I'm thinking of something more like, okay, buy... You know, an eight-pack roll of our toilet paper, and you get a, a roll of our paper towels to try out for free or something Almost like that. Almost never happens. Where, what, where are these people buying their stuff from that has these, these free to be, samples included in products? It used to be like that at HEB, and I'm just it's just occurring to me that the coupons went away after COVID-19. I didn't think hmm. about this, this until just now. HEB is like the grocery store in Texas, Texas and... Like, I'd go there for groceries and then Walmart for anything else. Like, I did not buy groceries at Walmart because mm-hmm. H-E-B is just so much better. But I'm just realizing there used to be coupons, like, everywhere, everywhere in the whole store, and they were yellow coupons. And sometimes you'd get one that said, like, if you buy a pack of Topo Chico, you can get something else for free. And that was only in, like, 2019, but now they're gone, so... Hmm. Uh, so then she points out about they put big ticket items, discounted big ticket items near the entrance. I think she must be referring to bulk buy stores like Costco, Costco. or Sam's okay. Club or whatever. But that doesn't where, where they're like, buy a pallet of ibuprofen and save a dollar. Yeah, or now, that's obviously insane. Right. So <laughs> you do have to come into it with some level of intelligence. You, you cannot just presume the mistake. I think one of the common mistakes in buying bulk is someone will presume they're getting a better deal. And that's not always necessarily true. You still need to look at the price. You still need to compare the price to what you would pay at another store or what you would pay for a smaller amount. As a general rule, when you buy a larger volume of product, you do get a cheaper per ounce price. That's generally a true rule, but you still need to pay attention. I have taught one of my friends and they were like, well, I've never paid attention to that in my life. And I was just like, well, well, it's a good thing I've had my dad show me this. On at least in a lot of stores, on the price tag, there will be a little per ounce thing. And mm-hmm. right there, you can compare brands. Like this one is the same amount, but it's le- or it's a different amount, so you can't compare without a calculator. Mm-hmm. So you just look at the per ounce part on the price tag. But I don't know if that's every store. Definitely like Walmart. There are some stores that have that. However, you still have to be careful with that because sometimes it's not consistent what they're comparing. So you have to look at what they're actually comparing. It's not always per ounce. Oh. Sometimes it might be one product might be per ounce, but another one might be per pound. Okay, well, yeah, you got to pay attention. So, so yeah, read, you always but... have to pay attention uh, to what you know, you're getting into. And the one good point she makes here is if you buy something in bulk that can go bad and you cannot finish the product before it goes bad, you wasted money. then you've definitely wasted money. Sure. But that's true even if you buy something that's not in bulk. Right. So we, we, for instance, bought some meat, uh, some lunch meat the other day at the grocery store. And I just kind of we, forgot about we it. We didn't get through it in time. We didn't forget about it. Just I didn't I want to eat lunch meat every it. single day <laughs> or whatever. I wanted something else. And so we didn't finish it all. We had to we had to throw it away. Um, and that's obviously going to be even that's bad enough on a small purchase. It hurts when that happens. But if you bought a, you know, 10 times the amount or two two times the amount what you would normally buy and then more than half of it goes bad, well, you've really thrown away quite a bit of money in that particular case. And I don't want to state the obvious here, but as far as saving money on groceries and stuff like that, coupons cannot be beat. And you can find, just mm-hmm. go online and search for coupons and you can find them. 
And yep. they will save you lots of money if you want to mm. go through the trouble of... If you spend the time on it, yeah. Yeah, if you want to spend the time on it, you could save massive amounts of money using coupons. I looked into like just doing couponing and doing the thing where you save like lots and lots of money each time. And you have to spend money to get or to get into that. So you have mm-hmm. to like buy... Pe- like you can't just get all of the coupons in a, in a free magazine or something like all the manufacturers coupons so some people sell packs where they've done all the work and put them all hmm. together and yeah you have to spend money to make money but it seems to be a real actually good thing it, it seems like it works but that was way before COVID-19 so I don't know if it's harder if that's still available now. yeah like during COVID-19 I had a manufacturer's coupon it was just two dollars on some uh shampoo or something and I wanted to spend it at H-E-B and I uh, wasn't working on the self-checkout, so as I always did anytime I had a coupon, I had to just call someone, hey, can you make this go through? And she's like, sorry, due to the crisis, we're, we're, the pandemic, we're not pushing through any coupons. I was like, it's a manufacturer's coupon, so you know that it, it is valid, and, mm-hmm. and look, I have the right item and everything. She's like, we're not doing it as a policy wow. due to COVID-19. I was like, really? Because um, HEB is making lots and lots of money off of this pandemic and you're just not giving me two dollars and i i never wanted to go back but of course i did (laughs) (laughs) you just can't beat their prices (laughs) (laughs) the number here is 603-283-6160 uh if you want to join the show you can take control of the airwaves here again if you want to give us some examples of ways that you have cut back uh you're welcome to share your experience 603-283-6160 and she's got a couple other tips uh, coming up here that might not be so bad. We'll share that. And you can share your thoughts as well. They're about to be better than eating bugs. Oh, well, thankfully, she hasn't actually suggested that. Uh, there's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160, Free Talk Live will be broadcasting from the Porcupine Freedom Festival and ForkFest. ForkFest comes up the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival. This year, ForkFest is June 27th through July 3rd, and it is the 6th annual ForkFest. Same place as before Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. All you have to do to attend ForkFest is just simply reserve your camping site, your RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. That's all you got to do. There's no ticket to ForkFest. July 3rd, so it won't be for the fireworks? The fireworks happen on that Saturday. So actually, the fireworks will be on the 2nd of July oh, okay. at the 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 campground so they they decide when to do it and they they always have it on the saturday just because the fourth obviously isn't always on a weekend and uh, it's probably going to be a few years before it is again but you can uh, enjoy those fireworks hopefully because they've been doing them for 40 something years there at the campground and they're amazing so definitely worth staying around for that june 27th through july 3rd it's a great excuse to just hang out in the woods with uh well it's not really real camping it's it's camping with amenities. Let's uh, let's say it's easy access to anything that you need in town. It's not very far away, and hopefully there'll be people cooking there. Because uh, how was that? Last, how was that last year, Aria? Were there some people cooking at Fork Fest? 
There were, but there weren't as many as there were the year before. Okay. So there may be a, uh, an, an opportunity. There is definitely an opportunity. But people like um, Mikey, um, who goes every year, yep. um, Matt, who is on the show with us on Thursday nights, yep. they didn't cook last year. Oh, yeah. Big mm. loss. Then. So, yeah. yeah. There Mike, were some new people. Okay. Mikey told me he's going to be making pancakes this year. Sweet. All right, so uh, check it out. Uh, and, and a good way to figure out kind of what's going on is to connect with the community, and you can do that over at forkfest.party. There's some chat rooms that you can link up to. There's a forum, and it's a good way to kind of find out what other people might be planning on doing. Because, again, it's decentralized. There's no central uh, command and control. There's no bureaucracy that runs the thing. There's nobody who's in charge. So you got to kind of bring to the table what you want to see happen. Check it out at forkfest.party and mark your calendar. Get your campsite. Over at uh, Rogers Campground, June 27th through July 3rd. So a few more suggestions here from the story about how to handle the inflation, how to handle the constantly going, uh, the rising prices that we're seeing in society. So she says, you know, be considerate of buying in bulk. Uh, Ultimately, you do need to pay attention to what you're going to buy and make sure you're actually getting a better deal and make sure that it's not going to go bad before, you know, uh, before you finish it. Uh, She says, aside from being more thoughtful about purchases, it's also prudent to think about unnecessary charges. So review your credit card to make sure there aren't any unwanted recurring ones. This is a good suggestion and one that people should do on a regular basis at least once a year. There's an app that will do this for you, in fact. I was going to look into it. I can't remember what it's called. I don't remember what it's called, but I I need to look back into it because I remembered the other day that... I've been subscribed to Netflix for like the last six months. But you haven't used it? And I haven't opened Netflix. And for, the last mm-hmm. thing I watched on Netflix was the second season of Tiger King. And I watched like the first 10 minutes of that. And that mm-hmm. was back in October of last year, maybe. Wasn't good? No, it didn't hold my interest. There's three here that I see. Hiatus, Truebill, and Harvest. These are the companies apps. that will help you figure out what's on your bill what is what makes them useful is it that they can identify the obscure things by their phone number or something like that i don't know never having used one of these but in theory you would give them access to your account Uh uh-huh like to you would give them your netflix login credentials and they would just you know keep an eye on your history and if you're not using your netflix or your spotify or whatever they'd send you a notification hey you haven't used netflix in you know three weeks but you're going to be charged for it Wait, wait, wait. You give them access to Netflix? This doesn't this analyze your, your credit card It might bill? be their email because I used to have this thing called Paribus that would watch your emails. And then if anything you ordered online didn't arrive in time, mm-hmm. they would contact them themselves on your behalf and then get them to give you either a refund or money. And it worked for me. It's just that now I realize, oh, that's a huge privacy issue. And I wouldn't want to do that anymore. Were they, they have, getting like, paid by getting a cut of the yeah, refund? You don't pay them. They get paid some other way. Huh. I guess I'm I'm just curious. The the ones I'm thinking about are strictly for subscription services. Okay. Yeah, I've never used one of those. So you're not talking about something that actually looks at your credit card bill and figures out what's on there. No, those things exist as well. There's like the Clio app and the Dave app and stuff like that. Those things certainly exist. I never found much use for them, but they they do exist and they do monitor your stuff and they are neat, but I didn't find them to be valuable to my life. Okay. I mean, normally I would just look at my credit card bill and say, okay, I, I know what that is. I know what that is. What's this thing? You know, every time I see that commercial, I just think this must be for people who have a lot of stuff coming out of different credit cards. Because mm. I have like one bank account they use and yeah. it's just 
I would notice. You would know. And there is one thing that is recurring that I need to get rid of, but it's just not going to work with that app because it's a freaking insurance thing. And every time I've called them, it's so complicated. It takes so long. And there was... See, for me, it's it's all still only like two different cards. And they're, they're from the same bank, so it's super easy to monitor. It's all within the same app. But they come out at such random times. Like, oh, here's GoDaddy hitting you with a DNS charge mm-hmm. a, w- once, once a year. year or whatever. And okay, here's your web hosting that for whatever reason I still have set up for every month or whatever. And here's mm-hmm. your email service from GoDaddy. And oh, here's Spotify. Here's HBO Max. Here's you know Netflix. Here's Hulu. Here's mm-hmm. all of these others. Uh, here's Amazon Prime. Here's a random $35 Amazon Prime purchase. I don't know what that's for. <laughs> I assume it's something I bought at some point. That you have recurring? No, it just popped up a few days ago. Like, I knew for a fact that I hadn't ordered Amazon on that particular day, but there's suddenly there's this $35 Amazon charge. I assume it's something I ordered at some point that was on back order, hmm. and suddenly they haven't. They're like, hey, we're going to ship this to you now. Well, you should be able to pull up your order list on Amazon and review it and yes, see what's there. Yes, but there's also Amazon subscriptions. I have several of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you start subscribing to stuff regularly using your credit card Gets or your debit card or stuff, it becomes almost immediately overwhelming because mm-hmm. it's so convenient mm-hmm. to just have this stuff that you know you're going to use, like laundry detergent or mm-hmm. paper towels or, you know, toiletries delivered to your house but then if amazon adds something in there you wouldn't know right like if they shipped you an extra thing or or whatever you know when being... you received it well i would know yeah. that i got an extra thing of like mm-hmm. i didn't but did they charge you more or or right. whatever yeah i could get you could get a little lost in that but this the point here is to be aware of your purchases right to pay attention to them some people will just put things on their card and they'll just never even look at the bill right they just pay it whatever you know, whatever it costs, you got to pay it. Well, look at the bill and see what's on there. Maybe there's something there you forgot about, or there's a there's a recurring charge that you signed up for years ago, and just like you said, you haven't used the Netflix account in in six months, and you just realized it recently. So, yeah, yeah I have a Microsoft Office one too, and I don't even use that. I use Libra right? on my. That's another one. I I don't have a Microsoft Office account, but I do have a Microsoft Xbox account. Why? I don't. Yeah. I don't even have an Xbox. So well. take the time to cancel those accounts and maybe save you should yourself get a one of those bucks. apps and let us know if it works. I did cancel the Xbox one. All right, good hmm. deal. So, I got charged for it. I was like, what the hell did I sign up for Xbox? This <laughs> one's going to be a shocker, I think, for the both of you. Uh, and it's. I think a lot of people are going to be shocked by this one. If you're one of the many Americans who became a new pet owner during the pandemic, you might want to rethink those costly pet medical needs. It may sound harsh, but researchers actually don't recommend pet chemotherapy, which can cost up to $10,000 for ethical reasons. Now, indeed, there are some really questionable uh, techniques for, you know, for allegedly helping pets a lot of it's you know just as much bunk as what they uh they try to sell humans as far Mm. as human medical treatments i think about that stuff all the time like i'm not vaccinated against anything since the day i was born my mom Mm. got me vaccinated at the hospital and then she got scared and stopped vaccinating all of us so i always think about why do i get my dog vaccinated it's just because it's the thing they tell me to do so it's really scary like that's another reason i don't want to have kids i mean they would just be like you got to do this and i'd be like I don't know. They told me to do it. Yeah, but the Bill Gates of the world, that, that was me trying to speak. It wasn't me coughing. The Bill Gates of the world, though, they have better things to do than figure out how to, like, brainwash my dog with a vaccine, right? <laughs> Hopefully. So I figure any vaccine is probably safe, right? They want to brainwash me, not the right. dog. Yeah, but what if it's just health? Like, what if he could live 16 years, but instead he lives 15 years? I would hate if I could know that. 
The number if you want to join the show here at 603-283-6160. We're going to find out what a permacrisis is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Mothers remain here. If you want to join us, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. And you can join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to follow us on our Odyssey channel, which you can do over at video.freetalklive.com. It's a great website that is killing YouTube as far as content is concerned. You can actually find things that you want to watch on odyssey they are not banning people for their opinions or nationality like russians indeed so check out odyssey it's a great platform it's based on library which is actually a protocol uh, that allows you to store media online with no censorship whatsoever so you really ought to check out library if you're really interested in freedom of speech lbry.com odyssey is a platform built on top of that uh, and there's a little bit more to odyssey than that is concerned so check them out they do live streaming too that's where we stream video every single night over at video.freetalklive.com please give us a follow there and then you'll probably if you look around you'll find some of your favorite youtube channels especially the ones that have been kicked off of youtube uh, almost all of them have made the the, the flip well, it's just Odyssey. a few clicks to yeah. migrate your entire YouTube channel over to library. So I can't imagine why any YouTube creator, even if they're just making gaming videos or something just completely non-controversial, why wouldn't you, you want to do it? Go ahead and do it. And uh, you can make library coins off of it. Yep, that's true. Uh, and there are, uh, Just the don't F- tell the SEC because they're not happy about that part. Mm-hmm. No, the SEC is going after library, which is one of the reasons why we're big supporters of library because they're doing great work for the world of freedom and the freedom to uh, to watch and spread media. It's not just videos. You can also upload MP3s and things like that there. So check it out, lbry.com, and uh, follow our channel at video.freetalklive.com. Aria, you had a story that has introduced a new term, and they're they're not... They're not doing this. They're not explaining this term permacrisis in a way that is being critical of that, right? Like they're they're embracing this term. Yeah. Where's it coming from? It is coming from the Guardian, okay. of course. Hard left. Um, when John Adams and his two daughters settled down to watch a family film, he wasn't expecting questions about bombing raids. What the hell family film were they watching? First Maybe of like all, twenty twelve. I don't know. I, I always thought that that movie was way too scary. Sound of Music. That I don't. Maybe they could. It could be that one. Yeah. Bombing raids are in the Sound of Music. Uh, it's. I don't know if a bombing raid per se, but it does take place in like Nazi times. But as they discussed what to watch, he spotted 12-year-old Helen scrolling through YouTube looking for clips of air raid sirens. She wanted to know what it would sound like if worse came to worst. (laughs) The question this morning at breakfast was, what are we meant to do if there's a nuclear attack, says Adam, a stay-at-home dad, from Caterham in Surrey. That one just took me right back to my childhood when these were real practical questions. That it was never a practical question and there was never a practical answer. Yeah, I was going to say, the answers weren't practical at all. I mean, the question isn't <laughs> like, unbelievable, but it's, cr- you die. That's what you do. That's like Chris Wade. He just bought a nuclear radiation detector and he was saying, 
oh, you don't really have to worry about it unless it goes over 52. And I was like, <laughs> then, oh, then you won't have to worry about it either. You'll just say 52 <laughs> right. and there will be a white flash and it'll be over. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, the reason that the Fallout guy from the video games is doing this is because mm-hmm. that's the general rule. If you hold your thumb up, if it covers up the mushroom cloud, then you're a safe distance, a relatively mm-hmm. safe distance really? from it. And if it doesn't, then you're going to die probably very wow. sooner rather than later. But that's why he's giving I a thumbs up. I had not heard that. Yeah. That's interesting. So a thumbs up is a bit more <laughs> practical than a, you know, detector. radiation detector. Yeah. So this guy still remembers deciding that in the event of war, he would climb some high ground near his house to watch for incoming missiles. Now, this what is a guy. What good is that going to do? Right. But this is a guy who was traumatized by years of propaganda and Cold this War, Cold war okay. fear mongering. Yeah. And I was just showing propaganda fear mongering to, to his, his kids kid for entertainment. Yes, he's paying that forward, oh but God. it's not for entertainment. He wants his kids to be as terrified as he was when wow. he was a kid. Now he's the one digging out maps to show nine-year-old Izzy, where his nine-year-old kid, where Ukraine is. The family has distant relatives in the country who have now escaped to Hungary, which he thinks has made the war that bit more real for them. Over tea or on the school run in those rare mom- raw moments just before lights out when children disclose what's actually troubling them, many parents now face questions they're struggling to answer. A primary school teacher friend spent last week soothing pupils who were panicking that a bomb was about to drop on them. Wow. Where is this? Where was that? It doesn't the say. The UK, I but think. But it's presumably oh, yes, Surrey. the UK. Yeah. Well, the, it doesn't say. The father was from Surrey. It mm-hmm. doesn't say where the altar themselves is from. The Guardian mm-hmm. is based in the UK, but they do a lot of international reporting, so hard to say. But it doesn't sound like somebody who's near the action because they said yeah, their family not. lives in Hungary, which is uh, some ways away. While British children's anxieties pale in comparison with what the Ukrainian peers are suffering under bombardment from Russian rockets, a pandemic that led to rising mental health problems among young people, uh, well, it was your fear-mongering that caused a lot of those health problems, has left many parents wondering about the impact of living through seemingly apocalyptic times. (laughs) Books on helping children manage their emotions. How about just don't expose your kids to constant fear? Yeah. From the TV presenter at Middleton's Mission Total Resilience to Tom and Joe Brassington's picture book, Bottled, are shooting up on Amazon rankings. On Mumsnet, which apparently is some sort of forum, a mother questioning whether her daughter's year three teachers should have talked to the class about Ukrainians having to leave the country with their pets for fear of being shot by Russians. The consensus was that this was already the talk of the playground, so why shouldn't the teacher bring it up? I don't see why she shouldn't. Well, I don't know what year three is. What is that, a third grader, presumably? Yeah. I, I don't think it's really a third grade teacher's job to talk, to explain to your kids that you know children in Ukraine are leaving with their pets for fear of being shot by Russians. Hmm. Maybe if they asked about it. It seems like it's propaganda, Hmm. though. I mean, Hmm. we don't know how much... There doesn't seem to be a lot of truth in that. No, there's definitely a lot of Western propaganda that is very anti-Russian and is not fair at all uh, for all the talk about how bad Russia is. I remember somebody was telling me they saw a video of a Russian tank squad or whatever that was trying to move down whatever street and some Ukrainian person was standing in front of the tank. And you know what? They tried to go around him. Yeah, I remember that. Right? Well, so, like, if they're trying to go around the guy 
instead of crushing him and shooting him or whatever, you're not in a war, full-on, like, kill-em-all war situation, right? You're in a situation where, at the very least, you could say, this invading force knows there are people with video cameras around and doesn't want to look like as monstrous of a group as, say, the Red Chinese did uh, back in the day. Well, that's one video, but I follow this Telegram group called Intel Slava. You can find it at t.me slash Intel Slava. And they're a Russian news aggregator who covers conflicts, geopolitics, and urgent news from around the world. And I've seen plenty of videos of, you know, actual, like, ruined cities and stuff in Ukraine. Yeah, are they real? I don't doubt it, but prior to the... When COVID-19 first started, I followed this guy on um, Telegram called Dr. Harry Chen, Hmm. who was a former Chinese national who was sharing videos of people just dropping Hmm. dead in the streets as they were walking. Beijing... Beijing was on fire and people were just, you know, standing there at tables and suddenly they would just fall face first dead. It turns out none of that was actually going on. Mm, but, he, but he had me believe that, oh, man, this is the real thing. And when he it was comes probably to working US, for the Chinese government and they made those fake videos to scare people. Is likely what happened. I don't know what benefit they would have from that. I'm just saying fear mongering. I can't believe any of them. Shut a, the world down a, and the country down. A population that is living in fear is easily controlled. Speaking of, Julia, a mother of three teenagers aged 19, 17, and 14, regrets reassuring them when the virus first emerged in China that it was nothing to worry about. (laughs) Within weeks, the boys were in lockdown and their grandmother had died in a nursing home. I learned then never to reassure when I couldn't be sure. Well, no kid's grandma has ever died in a nursing home. (laughs) Right. Liz uh, is a different person. She believes that her children aged 12, 14, and 16... Should have been lied to. And she says that. I'm a firm believer in lying to the children. 14. But, but get this. We told them we'd 16. all be fine and not to worry during COVID, which we all were. <laughs> so you didn't lie to them, did you? Right. So you're not a firm, you're a firm believer in telling your kids the truth that other people don't want you to tell them? Your kids are going to really grow to hate you if you're lying to them at 16 years old. They're going to find out within a day that you're lying to them mm-hmm. because they're, there's the internet and they're not like children at that point and then they're going to grow up like yeah my mom always lied to me another suggest you know a psychiatrist suggests sticking to general statements countries are working together to figure out what to do the government's on it interesting story i think we should post this over on uh the free talk live social so if you don't have access send it over and i'll make sure it gets posted Uh, i wish we had more time to talk about how living in fear is so dangerous especially for kids but for anybody Uh, And staying optimistic is always worth doing. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com.